Dude, what are you doing? Eating bacon. Man, just hit the play button, man. We gotta record a podcast. <laughs> oh, shit. Welcome, everyone, to Poke Rogue, a Pokemon trading card game podcast where we talk about the decks that are not being discussed. My name is Nick, and with me is my co-host... What's up, guys? It's Austin. Today is December 23rd, 2021. Let's get into our 22nd episode. Man, who does that? Who does what? Look at that. You just left the smallest piece of bacon. I'm going to eat it, right? Like, it's smaller than some, like your, your pinky now. Like why would you? I'll not... lick the fucking plate, dude. I, don't, I know. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> well, I can't just. I'm not going to leave the bacon. But we had to jump into the episode. It was time. Mm-hmm. Whatever, man. You're just nasty. <laughs> Sitting here eating this bacon. You had a nice, nice uh, breakfast. Looks like here. It, at... it did, dude. I put some jalapenos mm-hmm. in those eggs. Looks like some bell peppers, maybe. No, it was just jalapenos. That's, I got two, was, that... two full jalapenos. Just diced those babies up. Mm-hmm. Threw them in there with some seasoning. Mm-hmm. It was good. You're going to take a nasty shit in about three hours. I'm not, dude. They don't affect me. No? The jalapenos don't affect me. Give me some carbs, and yeah. And I had this bread that was keto bread, man. This keto cinnamon bread. Yeah, I was going to say, look. Yeah. Were there raisins in it or just No, cinnamon? no. It was just like a, cin- a cinnamon bread, but it's such a high fiber that mm-hmm. it you know takes down your carbs down to like three carbs or so a slice. So it was pretty tasty. Tasty mm-hmm. breakfast. Whoa. This is weird for us to record in the morning too. We're know, like both awake and things aren't dark and Yeah, like I don't, I'm not I'm not scared for my life to get in my car. Yeah, you just drove here. You probably stopped at traffic lights this time. Stopped at traffic lights for sure. <laughs> um noticed people the community, you know, actually doing things to doing like some yard work. Yeah, like productive things that the normal humans would do. That mm-hmm. happens in the day in Memphis. Cars that I thought were just broken down and were there forever weren't there. Hmm. That was interesting. So maybe they just break down at night. They just leave them there. No, they, they they're just not broken down. They just oh. like broken down as hell. But um, so I see you've joined the rental the rental car crew yeah. here. Yep, Mister Mister Homa, the the keto school teacher is driving around Memphis in a muscle car. <laughs> yeah, I'm driving around in this Dodge Charger, and I hate it. Fucking it's hate awful. It. I fucking hate driving this car. <laughs> Does it smell bad? Um, or is it like is it at least relative? It clean? doesn't smell terrible, but it just I hate the way it handles. Mm-hmm. And like I told you, I'm pretty sure a stripper had it before. Oh, really? Yeah, because <laughs> I go into the audio devices and it says like connect black velvet's device, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, black velvet was in this car, and now I'm in this car. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least um, if, if that's the only evidence of a, of a yeah, I didn't find any. I didn't find any bodily fluids anywhere like yeah. your car. So, yeah. <laughs> fucking nasty. I, I think I'll be getting it out of it today, tomorrow. <laughs> so I can't wait. Well, you're but, gonna have to add to the <laughs> add to the artwork on the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Um, what else has been going on besides you could get out of your rental car? Um, for me, no, like I said, in um, the last episode, um, I've been doing like kind of the bachelor life. So I've been able to get a little bit more Pokemon in than normal, but with your shitty internet. Yeah. 
Um, I've done okay. I've been able to finish an event, did okay, had a nice little five and two run, and outperformed you with your own deck list, which is <laughs> kind of cool. But um, you've been doing pretty well. Um, we will kind of briefly mention it. It is, as we said, we're coming up on Christmas, and that's all we're going to talk about Christmas because not everyone really celebrates it, and mm-hmm. I'm sure other shows will do that. But what that means for you is you have a lot of time off, yep. and uh, so you've been playing hella, hella. Limitless events, haven't you? Yeah, I think I've done four since my break has started. I got two top cuts. Mm -hmm. And then the one last night, I missed top cut by one tie point away from the top cut for that 330-some people tournament, Mm -hmm. that late night, which was really cool. So that was really good. But all of my... With the exception of the one that you placed better, that one I pulled out pretty quick because I just had some some quick donks. Yeah. But my other three have all been, you know, top 10% every single time, playing mm. my same Ice Rider Calyrex list, which is crazy because it's like the list I've been playing since the Chilling set Rain, came yeah. out, Chilling Rain. It's like now it's almost identical to what it was in Chilling Rain, and it's still to this day a solid performing list, which is really cool. But I did actually win for the first time. First place in a limitless tournament. I remember that event. I had a pretty solid run. I think I went four and two because it was only like six rounds of Swiss. Yeah, what you were playing Suikatini still, right? I was playing Suikatini, but um, you know, your homie here unfortunately didn't make it into contention because some people did something up top. <laughs> Listen, the people IDing wouldn't have made a difference. You still weren't in contention because if they would have ID'd, they would have had a higher if they would have lost, they would have had a higher win percentage than you. Other people had a higher win percentage than you. So I feel like you're throwing shot when you weren't in contention anyways. If you would have been the guy in like 17th place who missed top cut, yeah. that's one thing. But if you're the guy in like 26th place, just saying. Okay, okay. There's only a few people that can throw shade. Look at your win percent or so, look at your opposition win percentage. Were you are you are you justifying? Are I'm you so justifying I'm ca- what I'm did getting you, to this tell point, what you dude. Did again. Okay, what you did so again. I'm gonna let me let me just say this. No, just tell him. Just put it out. <laughs> just put it out. Then justify your your. Let me let me justify ID for a moment here, and for people, someone asked us on our Facebook, "What is ID?" It's an um, it's Rack Moment. <laughs> yeah, Rack Moment asked yeah. it. It's an intentional draw, right? That's mm-hmm. that's an ID, intentional draw. So you're intentionally tying with your opponent for an ID to make sense. You already have to have a near-perfect record, or else there's no guarantee of your ID. So those people that are... Now, there are people that ID and lose. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they ID and then still don't make top cut because they ID'd two times or ID'd themselves out of contention. Yeah. And ID is like, if, if there's seven rounds and you already have a 6-0, like, your ID is your guarantee, basically... Because right, you had you. your perfect six. I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> I acknowledge that I really didn't have contention. Um, you're right there. But you have yet to tell them what you did. What did you do? I ID'd. You ID'd. Okay. I, because that's, you've that's already got... said it. I'm the one who ID's. I've ID'd two times now. I never offered the ID. Oh. My opponent goes, hey, man, do you want to just ID? Because... We're like, both, he's he like, he looked at the thing and he's like, we both matter what make it. It's like, we have like perfect records. That's fine. Just the, ID and we both get here's it. Here's what you got to say to make it justifiable. Right? <laughs> you say, Austin, I had to take a shit. And I'd be like, hey, okay, I got you. And he's like, I did 
I did, wasn't sure if I'd be able to play the round and have enough time to take a shave in between rounds. And I'd be like, okay, you probably ate a whole bunch of jalapeno eggs. I guess <laughs> I understand. So, uh, but no, yeah, you've done, you've been doing really well. I've been playing with your list too. Uh, as you know, we've talked in the past, like I, my Suikatini deck pull our, like a lot of inspiration from Ice Rider and it's kind of just nice playing Ice Rider, just having not to worry about finding the special energy and um, all of that sorts. Yeah, Su- been... Suikatini, you were relying a little more on, on like those weaknesses energy. and yeah. stuff. And that's so... why you picked those Pokemon versus Ice Rider. You're just going, you know, hey, I'm just going to, I'm just going to be really consistent, hyper consistent. My list for Ice Rider is different than what you typically see because it does play Suicune. Yeah. Which we don't see in the other lists, and it plays Cheryl and some other cool things, which is neat. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. But other than that, we played in another fun event, the non-meta showdown. It was a couple days ago, and oh um, yeah, yeah, it, it was, was cool. awesome. And this is the reason why we're going to do one Discord plug this episode. I promise, just one. And here it is. I said on the Discord, I was like, "Hey, there's this non-meta showdown event going on," and I was like, "Let's have a big pokey rope showing." Do you remember that? I did. Yeah. And what I say? I was said, "If you do well." And what I said is, of all the people in this Discord, if you are the best performing person, I'm going to give you 10-pack Fusion Strike. That's like more than the actual prize <laughs> yeah. pool for winning the real Limitless Tournament. Let's just say that. Like, yeah. our Discord, Austin will throw out packs as prizes. When we hosted our Limitless Tournament, wasn't it like fucking 50 packs or some crazy shit? It was yeah. some high number. You never get that. First place got like 30. First place in late night series last night was like 50 packs mm, for first. like 330 people competing. That's all mm-hmm. they gave out. Austin just throws out fucking codes like I, I nothing. I, I sent some um, some of the people that have been very interactive with us. Um, I actually went through and I sent them some codes um, through their favorite, uh, I guess, means of communicating with us. So mm. if you haven't got it yet, um, you know, reach out to me on that means and be like, what the fuck, dude? Um, but if you've got it, you know who you are. And, um, that was kind of our way of saying, we love you guys as, uh, Mr. Rack Molman would say (laughs) anyway, uh, Mr. Mart, that is his PTCGO name. So everyone add him up because, um, he's a, he won the challenge and I think he went four and two in the event. The non-meta showdown. Yeah. Yeah. And the non-meta showdown. And he was playing what I'm I'm assuming was either his remedition or just a really cool list to Sableye. And we told him we would kind of talk about his deck a little bit. Um, and it's, you know, your basic Sableye and Teleon deck where you want to ping damage onto your opponent's active Pokemon, come in with a Teleon, and I think it does 60 damage for every damage counter on it. Yeah, I would Sableye. say this is very different, though, because usually you see these types of decks being played in conjunction with Galarian Weezing. Yeah. And as I'm looking at his list here, he's not doing the lock with Galarian no, Weezing. he said, fuck it. I'm going to go aggressive. He's going to be playing what seems to be, or it's going to be two copies of the quick shooting and Teleon. Really cool. Three copies of the Zigzagoon, which I think most lists maybe only play one. But mm-hmm. what is really, really cool and what I've kind of noticed here is he went ahead and said, went balls to the wall with the Galarian Zapdos tech. Yeah. Interesting. And, yeah. And three Aurora energy to satisfy that yeah, uh, energy requirement of Galarian Zapdos. But, I mean, and if our fans aren't familiar, and he has two Moltres, so he's going to be playing pretty hyper-consistent. Looks like two energy switch. Um, and what else seems to be a pretty cool tech here is he's going to be able to use the Aurora energy to get the dark energy into the discard pile a little bit easier than most decks. Um, and then so he can bring it back with the Glaring Moltres, um, Aurora Burn. Or no, that's yeah. his attack. Or, uh, Dire Flame Wings. Dire Flame Wings is the ability, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I kind of touched over it, but the Sable IV has an attack for two dark energy. 
Um, it does 60 times or 10 plus. 10 plus 60 times the number of damage, damage counters on. on them. Yeah, so it racks up real quick. So you only really need five. five yeah. Five. Yeah, five five is the guarantee because you already have five damage on them, and then you're hitting for three ten. So yeah, so you it looks like you do two quick shootings and exit. Even again. four gets you in that point where they can finish with a quick shooting the next the following the turn. next turn, right? Yeah. So, uh, Mr. Mart, thank you for accepting the challenge. He didn't even know he accepted it. He just kind of entered into he it. He just entered into it, but he was part of the Discord and knew he got his prize at the he end. Got his prize. So that's that's a benefit of being in the Discord and. Um, Sore Thumb Collector also entered. Um, he didn't do as well. He did as poorly as I did. We both went one and three, and we played a fun match after the fact. And I was so depressed in that tournament. I started off 3-0, yeah. like just killing it, and, and like, then... Lost three. <laughs> just downhill, three losses in a row. It's like, come on, game. Don't do this to me. Don't get me on this high and then bring me down so fast That's with Narcan. It, like, come on, dude. That's what it does, though, but... Um, <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Mart, for providing us with your list, and congratulations on placing better than everyone else in the Discord. So you you did better than Nick, the legendary Nick. <laughs> so um, yeah, man, let's. Um, let's I didn't make it. a sacrifice to the PTCGO gods. I yeah, told you about that. You need to light a card on fire. What if you light an entire deck on fire? Then you're gonna have good hands every single. And that's really it. This game's just about your starting yeah. hand. If you're starting hand is shit, you already lost. So as long as the PTCGO gods give you an okay starting hand. Yeah. Do you have um, Ice Rider built in real life? I do. Do you care if I borrow it when I go home? Fuck no, man. <laughs> <laughs> All no, right, man. No way. Let's get into the Rogue Deck of the Week. I went rogue, I just had no hope, I really had to let shit go, had to rise, I won't boast till I find my pot of gold. Okay, rogue deck of this week, I'm calling it Vicka Holt. Your name suck. <laughs> I'm just calling it Vicka Holt because it halts the the progression of play. So mm -hmm. Vicka Volt V, we got a card that let me actually grab this here, because I got him here since somebody traded them to me. What an idiot. Vicavolt V, <laughs> we got this uh, 210 HP lightning Pokemon with a weakness to fighting that has this first attack, which is really what's important, called Paralyzing Bolt for two energy, one uh, lightning, one colorless. During your opponent's next turn, they can't play any item cards from your hand or from their hand, and it does 50 damage. That's the main part of this, because who are we shutting down? It sounds like you're shutting down Mew if they can't play item cards. Shutting down Mew? Yeah. Shutting down anything that plays Drizzile, Shady right. Dealings, all of that shuts it down. So it's really, this deck is based off this idea of turn one paralyzing bolt. If you go second, you're going to pull, you're hopefully pulling it off using Melanie mm -hmm. as a water attachment and then a lightning attachment. And that's how you're going to just turn one paralyzing bolt. If you pull it off, they almost never can get out of it. Right. They're just locked. There's they can't even switch out of the active if they need to. They're just yeah, they're not progressing because our our gameplay right now is so dependent on playing items that you can stop them. You're also playing the Drizzile line yourself and Inteleons mm -hmm. to do the quick shootings to add up that damage. And eventually your Vicavolt is gonna pull off a big attack called a super zap cannon where you discard two energy from the Pokemon to do 190. So 
the progression of this play is going to be going for things like paralyzing bolt for 50, quick shooting here and there, mm -hmm. and then a super zap cannon when it's time to take a VMAX knockout. Right. But what's great too is if you discard two energy and say they don't they can't reciprocate and knock you out, you only have to put one more energy back on it to start the paralyzing bolt training. Exactly again, right. So you can do that with a Melanie. Mm -hmm. When you choose your two, you're gonna choose usually one lightning, one water, you're gonna melanie it back on. And then you're going to continue with that paralyzing bolt. You're often going to set up several paralyzing bolts before making that choice to super zap cannon. Because once you super zap cannon, you can guarantee you've opened the floodgates and they're going to start playing items like crazy. For one you know? turn. For one turn. Right. They're going to, they're going to live like a Amish teenager on Romspringer. <laughs> 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 you know? That's what's going to happen. So yeah, it's pretty. It's a pretty neat deck. It folds pretty bad if you miss Paralyzing Bolt and you're playing against a Fighting Weak deck. That's kind of the problem. Is like you miss Paralyzing Bolt and you're playing against Fighting Weakness. You're just getting one shotted. But in most of these matchups, it does very well because you can pull off Paralyzing Bolt and watch your opponent just fail. It's also great when you play against things like Blissey, where they're playing nonstop items to heal and they just never heal. Yeah. So you just consistently hit them for 50. And so when it is finally they can sit there and they finally get a chance to play items, it's like, I already knocked out your shit. You don't have you can't play any of the heal cards. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You just gotta you just gotta knock it out and then do it. So it's an interesting deck because you've sometimes it's like, well do I go with the super zap cannon or mm -hmm. do you just continuously paralyzing bolt until you get them and hold out. them in place because sometimes you can chip them 50 quick shooting 50 quick shooting and you're playing three inteleon quick shootings in this ideally you're going to have two of them out so really what you're doing is a paralyzing bolt for 50 plus two damage drops mm -hmm. getting you to 90 you're doing 90 and item lock once okay. this is set up which is pretty nice numbers you're playing cape of toughness two of those to boost your hp to 260 putting Vicavolt out of a one-shot range for a lot of cards. Three Evolution Incense, you know, get that Sobble line going. Got a Pal Pad, two Boss's Orders, a Marnie, four Quick Ball, one Energy Search, three Melanie, a Raihan to also set a Vicavolt up after something's knocked out. You can quickly set one up immediately to get that Paralyzing Bolt. Of course, four Level Ball, because we're playing the Shady Dealings line. Got two scoop up nets, so that way we can even increase that damage drop. Let's say you only have two of those Inteleons out, but you got three, you have an extra Drizzile. You can always go quick shooting, quick shooting, scoop up net onto the other Drizzile, get your third quick shooting. Mm -hmm. It's always fun. You got two fan of waves in here to get rid of some of their special energy to slow them down a bit too. That way they're at least, they're not even attacking. And we got two Professor's Research. Playing four Path to the Peak in this rendition. I've had a couple different renditions that split two Path, two Galar Mine. It really right. depends on what the meta looks like at the time. With a high Mew count, you're going to want to go with the four Path. If Mew fizzles out in your other matchups, it's better to have two Galar Mine, two Path, because you can... You can always boss them into a Galar Mine or hold something with a Galar Mine, mm -hmm. shut off the items, and guarantee they're not switching or going anywhere. So you just trap them and then chip them away until they're dead. And then maybe you'll you'll let them retreat after they have 20 HP left and then pick up the crumbs with a quick shooting later on. 
Got a capacious bucket here to get some water energy and one copy of Switch ourselves. Vicavolt is pretty terrible for switching because it has a three retreat cost, which means that its big uh, nemesis is actually Leafeon. Yeah, that Leafeon just one-shots that shit. Yeah, Leafeon will destroy you. But if you hit Leafeon first, Leafeon doesn't get to get their Sobbles out and then it kind of flounders around. Energy count here, we got 10 energy, we got four water energy, four speed lightning energy, which is the energy where you get to also draw two. Mm -hmm. It's a lightning energy. And two regular lightning energy as well. It gives us something to get back from the rye hand in case we do need that lightning energy for a total of 60 cards, of course. For sure, man. So <clears throat> when I'm looking at this deck list and when I, I you know, I, I usually get early access to your shit. So I was playing around with it a little bit. And what I was thinking, and when I first tried it, it was like, oh, you want to go second in hopes that you can attack and just yeah. start the lock. Um, but what I'm kind of seeing here, and I think probably what you're doing is you kind of like just like to go first a little bit. Yeah, first is probably a little better because it's mm -hmm. like more, it's more of a, it's like a guaranteed lock for your next right. turn, right? Like if, if you, you go, go first. first, you're going to hit an energy for the guaranteed lock, and you might also get another energy on another Vicavolt. Right. So and you, and them... you set up your quick shoes. So first is better. But second is not an auto loss. Right. And because, and the reason why I was like, why is he not playing like Aurora Energy to kind of help get that, that Melanie tech going? And then I quickly realized that you probably are just opting to go first and have the guaranteed lock. Let them have a turn of some pity, you know, item card plays. Because item cards get a little bit more powerful towards the end of the game, it feels like. Yeah. Sure, they get their setup, but like, what the fuck's the matter if they're set up, but they can't, can't really, you know, mm. further progress into the game. So... Something else um, I'm kind of surprised you don't have. Um, well, I guess I, you do have the Phantom Waves um, and probably just don't have room for the Crushing Hammers. Yeah. Yeah, I had messed with some of those in the past. Mm -hmm. My initial Vicavolt list was based off of, there was a, a single rogue Japanese player in one of the one of the Limitless tournaments I was in that played a Vicavolt list. It was quite different than this. He did have four Crushing Hammer. He actually had no Phantom Waves and he went mm -hmm. hardcore Crushing Hammer went a little less on his stadium counts and didn't have a Marnie or anything to stop him from decking out, which yeah. I actually found when I initially started playing with his list with no Marnie, I would find myself decking out a lot. Yeah, because it doesn't matter if you can, you know, because you're basically going to be drawing more cards than your opponent, essentially, if right. you got him in a lock. So it doesn't matter if you have him in a lock if you're ultimately going to just deck out. Exactly, exactly. So I ended up making a lot of changes and ended up opting not for those crushing hammers because they weren't as consistent mm -hmm. as... The fan, which is just so many people playing special energies, you know, at the moment now, yeah, if they, if the special energies decline, then you throw in your crushing hammers, you know, there's definitely some other places that you could take some stuff out here and there and, and, you know, make those small changes. Maybe you don't need as high of a stadium count. Maybe you don't need the fan. You can go with three crushing hammers that way. Right now, this seems to be what works best in a Mew heavy meta. But, you know, we'll see if that changes. It yeah. also works good for shutting down all the Zacian Zamazenta builds, things like that. Yeah. Shuts down the Duraludon's ability with special energies because you're playing the Path to the Peak. So we've seen some of those decks. Probably you know, Farrah is okay against Jilteon because you do get to disrupt some of their energy and keep them from putting that tool card down. So you kind of slow right. down. Right, they can't put the tool... I've actually done really well against jolteon because they can't get that tool the badge if they get the badge turn one you know they're doing fine yeah but if you get that lock off and they can't play their tools and they're playing special energies which you can fan 
Yeah. It becomes very difficult for Jolteon, especially not getting their Sobbles set up. And they're not a high HP Pokemon. So it's been a pretty fun list. On the ladder, it's been, you know, probably 65% win that I've had with it on the ladder. In tournaments, I think I did enter it in one limitless tournament. I had just like some faltering matches where I had no playable cards at the start. Yeah. But it wasn't bad. I think I went 3-3. Mm-hmm. in a limitless tournament so like it it's absolutely a deck it's a matter of you know what are you going to be playing against at the time is it heavy urshifu yeah right is it not heavy urshifu but it's a really fun deck with a locking mechanism if you're playing locally in person look at what people play around in your local neighborhood you yeah. know if, if you see a lot of people who aren't playing urshifu decks Try maybe bring bust this guy out Go to your locals and super cheap. Like I, I had four copies on hand. Um, and these Vicavolts, yeah, yeah, I believe they're like a dollar twenty-five. And the cards from Battle Styles, the shit's been out for a minute. Um, there's yeah. also, I mean, there's also a full this is from uh, Darkness of Blaze. Darkness this Blaze. Oh, yeah, okay. it's been out for a while, but yeah, they're like a dollar twenty-five a piece. You could easily build this deck if you already got an Intelli online. You're literally investing six dollars in Vicavolts. Right. Um, Real quick before we move on, also why um, have you maybe considered a tool scrapper and or tool jammer in here? Because once mm-hmm. you get rid- if they do get it off, or are you just kind of assuming that you you plop down your cards before they can, like you get the lock before they get to attach those tool cards? Because yeah. one tool jammer on an act, you know that true. Would- yeah, I'm trying to just relying on like if this deck doesn't get the lock early, you've kind of lost, lost. anyways, because yeah, yeah. you're it's a slower paced deck, right? Like what am I going to do as a comeback? Hit him for 190 doesn't knock out. A lot of even V's. A right. lot of the V's have higher than 190. You, you need to get the lock. If that fails, that's kind of the deciding factor. There's mm-hmm. a lot of matches on the ladder if you build this where your opponent will quit. And you're going to get that quick win because yeah. you get that lock. They can't play anything. If you've got the lock and you've done it like two turns in a row, they're just like, fuck it. And then they don't even want to play anymore. So get yourself a lot of cheeky wins. Yeah, this is definitely this is a great way to play. Um if you if you're trying to develop kind of a control game or maybe even stall tactics, this is I would say you would play this just to kind of learn the mannerisms of your opponent and to basically to learn what it basically see what your opponent does when they are in a lock. You know, there's a lot of when you're doing mm-hmm. your stall tactics and things like that. So you you learn how they work around it if they can work around it. And I don't know, have you have you seen any cool instances where they pulled some shit out of their hat that you weren't seeing or? Probably hmm. not. Usually it's my fuck up that leads to it at the end. It's yeah. the restraining yourself from when you need to do super zap cannon. I've made some bad calls playing it where mm-hmm. I went for the knockout with the super zap cannon when I should have just continuously did paralyzing bolt. Yeah. You know, there's some games like that. Cause like if you set up your math right with your quick shooting, you could potentially paralyzing bolt something until it has 20 HP left. Awesome. Do a, out. Yeah, boss something else, quick shooting to finish off the thing that you didn't kill, yeah. and then continue the paralyzing bolt mm-hmm. and just never let up. Is there is there time in a limitless um, round to, to do that strategy, do you think? Yeah, I think it depends on the tournament, because yeah. some of them, you know, we play and they give us like 20 minutes altogether for some your round us, check-in. Some of them give us 30. Some of you give you 30. If you have 30 minutes, then yeah, absolutely. You can yeah. you can play a game however you want, but 20 minutes sometimes if you're going straight paralyzing bolt, well, I guess it depends because your opponent probably isn't playing cards Yeah. if your paralyzing bolt is working. So hopefully their turn is like sure, yeah. click, just pass, and then it's back to you. But it's definitely a deck that requires restraint. 
you got to know when you want to really release that paralyzing bolt mm-hmm. into a super zap cannon. And at the end of the day, you can only blame yourself when you make the wrong call. Because when you super zap cannon, the next turn they play like Raihan and a whole mess of items and knock you out in one shot. And you're like, well, yeah. should have just fucking paralyzing bolt. Right. Well, sweet, man. Um, hopefully our listeners like this list, really. I think they will. I think... You, they seem to like your list a little bit more than mine. <laughs> but uh, no, this is this is definitely a cool list. I know you had been excited about it for probably two weeks now. So it's nice to actually see you get to talk about it. Uh, we try not to keep our you know our list on lock and key, but I know sometimes we do. But this one wasn't. You know they could have. Yeah, saw yeah. Year. You got to brew it a while before we publish it. You know, like that's the thing with Pokey Road, guys. We don't just give you some shit list. Right? We're not posting a list every day on YouTube just to put out content. Yeah. We are taking that list, putting in the miles, getting it to that like above 50% win average on the ladder before we release it to the world. If if we can't make it work at above 50%, we call it a meme deck. We call it a meme deck and we just call it what it is and, and put it to the side. Sometimes we have tons of decks that we don't share because they're just not at that above 50% mark. Yeah. And that's where we put in the hours, guys. We want to make sure that we're giving you some homebrewed small batch <laughs> artisanal hand numbered hand numbered deck. Well, guys, I think you can move on to some TCG tips and tricks. Hey, man, why don't you fucking listen occasionally? You might learn something. Okay, man, you got some tips and tricks for us this week. What do you got? I'm pissed now because our first take of this uh, segment, I was right. And let's just sum it up real quick where we were debating about what the name was for the Rapid Strike Sobbles attack. You were saying it was Call for Family, it was Call for Family. And then I was like, no, it's not Call for Family. It is Call Signal. And you're like, no, it's Call for Family. And anyway, you looked it up, and uh, what was it? It was Keep Calling. It was Keep Calling. Which I think is still closer to what I said than Call Signal. Mm, I don't Mm. know. I don't know. Let us know who, who was more right of our wrong answers. But anyways, we had to redo it because we realized Austin's mic was not actually recording. That's right. So here we go. We never redo things except when we make complete fuck-ups. Talk to us about your tips and tricks. Tips and tricks. All right. Before, before I do, do I am I, is my audio coming through? Because I cut out for me again. I just want to make sure before we... Do this a yeah, second Yeah, it's time. good. It's good. Okay. We'll just, uh, we'll limp along here. So what I'm going to be talking about here is basically, you know, letting your opponent do the work for you. Okay. So explain it. So what I mean by this is you're going to manipulate your opponent in such a way that they perform actions favorable to you without them really realizing it. Okay. Give us some examples. So the most basic example and where the Sobble comes up is say you're playing a Melanie engine. And you obviously, Melanie, you need a water in the disc. You need an energy, a water energy in the discard to activate the Melanie. Yeah. So say you have a quick ball in hand and you only have one water energy in hand. So, but you also want to do the, the keep calling attack, right? Mm-hmm. So you're like, oh shit, well, how am I going to get the water energy into the, into the active the following turn? Or, or water energy into the discard following turn. Well, yeah. basically you put it on the Sobble, you do your keep calling it, you know, you do your keep calling. And what you do is you just do the quick ball on something else. That way you still get to do the keep calling. You still get to use your quick ball. And you're basically going to let your opponent knock you out and activate your Melanie for you. 
on the following turn. And even if they don't knock you out, you could pay the manual retreat on your Sobble exactly. to yep. still get it in the discard pile on the following turn to mm-hmm. use your Melanie. So most people would be like, that's not really like a, a manipulation. That's just doing your keep calling. And I would agree with that. That's more of a, a basic level of what I would say this tactic is. But anyway... Let's kind of talk about well, if your opponent knew where your hand was. If they right. knew your hand was locked and you had nothing to play, yeah, they wouldn't knock you out. They wouldn't knock you out. So, in some degree, yeah, it is a manipulation because it's an unseen manipulation. They don't know that your hand is shit and you have no supporter cards. Yeah. And that you're relying on this Melanie. Okay, and they're ahead. basically like, no, I'm just going to get the easy prize, which is probably the best option because then, you, like you said, you could just manually retreat yeah. and get it there anyway. But I'm going to do more of a, I guess. A more complex example that I did mm-hmm. um, when I was playing at Limitless earlier this week. Um, and so what I'm saying here is I basically noticed that my opponent had no longer had any switching options in their deck except for an escape rope. Okay. And will you kind of uh, talk about what an escape rope does? Escape rope, uh, y- your opponent switches uh, Pokemon and then you switch a Pokemon afterwards. Right, if you're the yeah. one playing it. Yes. So I realized that if my opponent wanted to switch out I would also get the option to switch this, mm-hmm. thus enabling me to do it. So what they did is I was playing your Ice Rider Calyrex deck. And what they did is they bossed out my Calyrex, my Calyrex VMAX with no energy on it. And they were going to basically, as a stall tactic, and they passed. Yeah. And I was like, okay, so what they're going to do is they're going to set up, they're going to basically try to get it um, to where they're going to do a manual retreat and basically make it to where they will get the first hit on the VMAX and kind of win. Yeah. And so I was like, you know what? I want the first hit on there, but I didn't have the ability to boss and Melanie in that situation. I had no switching options. Yeah. So what I did is I bossed out their VMAX mm-hmm. with no energy on it. So if they wanted to switch and hit me, I could then pick what Pokemon they hit. Pretty simple. Also yeah. in this scenario, and what happened is they had also used their last boss to pull out mine. So they no yeah. longer had a boss. So they had to hit what I gave them. Exactly, yeah. And had no way to switch. So I bossed out their, um, I forgot, I think they were playing like single strike deck. So they bossed out their Umbreon with no energy on it. Mm-hmm. So in order for them to get that out of the way, they had to play escape rope. So they play escape rope, and I gave them a Sobble that was no longer needed. They knock out the Sobble, and then I took my VMAX that I intended to hit them with previously, mm-hmm. and I got their first hit on them. Yeah. And, and then just ultimately won it. Right, because you're going mean, to get the first two shot then, right? And then- right. Exactly. So basically, rather than using a boss and a switch of my own, or like, you know, bossing and having the switch because I couldn't, you know, boss and get the energy I needed because I needed a Melanie in that scenario to hit him with that one Mm -hmm. to get the first hit on it, I basically just kind of repeated their action and then let them give me the advantage. Yeah. So that's that's probably the most complex example that I can think of in a recent history. Um, Another example is when you're playing someone that's using a single strike engine. Yeah. Using the Shingle Strike War. And this one is the best. Um, okay. Basically, where they accelerate their energy, but they're inadvertently giving you tons of damage drops. Yeah. And what's awesome, um, and, and like I said, if our listeners don't know, Shingle Strike Roar is a Houndoom um, ability where they get to search their deck for Shingle Strike energy, put it onto one of their Shingle Strike Pokemon. But if they do that, they have to put 20 damage on the Pokemon in which they put the energy on. Mm-hmm. So basically what they're doing is they're setting you up for a one shot all by themselves, you know. Right. Oh, um, I love them. They're with Calyrex and you're already going to swing for 250 and they're just pinging 20, 20 on their, right. on their Gengars or something. And it's then perfect. you're like, 
perfect. Now I only got to do one quick shooting. And, or no quick shootings. Or no quick shooting. Yes. Or, or you leave them with just 20 HP left. Because like if they don't play the single strike scroll of scorn. They can't attack They you. can't attack. They're just going to knock themselves out. So, And something else to kind of, and this is something else you can do, is if like they're like, oh, I have to do this. Phantom Waves is so, so good to get single strike in this Oh, game. yeah. Because you're like, I can Phantom Waves and conserve my quick shooting for something else for a follow-up. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have a Houndoom no longer, or Houndor on the bench, no longer have any Houndoom. So you're like, I'm just going to slowly work on that Houndor there. Yep. So, and so you get to conserve your quick shooting ability for turn on something else. And that's just awesome. It's the awesome checkmate. Absolutely. Those are the three examples that I came up and kind of using your opponents, um, but letting them do the work for you. Is there anything that comes to mind for you? It's kind of a complex Mm. like scenario. I think you name the one I do the most, which is definitely the Sobble. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you named that probably because you've been playing Ice Rod. It's probably come up a bunch. Any Sobble engine, really. Any Sobble engine, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one that happens the most for me yeah. because I've been recently playing a lot of that keep calling and, and having to yeah. having a brick of a starting hand and having to make that decision to to get it set up. Or you find yourself often going second with a Melanie in hand and no way to do it. So you have to right. kind of set it up and let them take that knockout and get it in the discard. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's the, that's the only one I'm thinking the most here. I mean, definitely forcing them to burn their bosses is always nice. Like retreating something like they'll hit something you know one attack of emacs so sometimes you just purposely retreat it so that they they have to use a boss to get it again yeah yeah and then you're gonna play um you know a cheryl afterwards anyways and heal it just like you can sometimes play with them for a couple turns and just let them burn through all their gusting options right and then once their gusting options are gone then all of a sudden you can start leaving these heavily damaged Pokemon on your bench with not a care in the world and be like, well, you're just not going to hit this because like you don't have any quick shooters left or you're not playing quick shooters. So that's always fun. Just get, kind of get your opponent caught up in the moment so that they burn all their gusting options. And at that point, they're working for you. Right. And that it's kind of hard to kind of, and you know, this could be easily be turned around if you're just disrupting them, but this is more of a sense of letting them burn their resources and right. let you conserve. They your, make those decisions. Right? right. And that's why they're burning it. They don't have to continuously play bosses doing this cat and mouse chase yeah. to try to bring something up, but they get caught up in the moment saying like, well, I want to knock this out. And clearly you're retreating because you're afraid. Right. And that's the thing. Like the second you start retreating Pokemon, your opponent starts being like, "Well, why did you retreat it?" Like I'm you, on, like I, I'm on the offensive, and it's yeah, like, like they clearly think you're afraid. I'm gonna, they, they start focusing on this one Pokemon and forget about things like, oh, well, maybe they play a Cheryl, mm-hmm. and that if you don't knock it out, they're just gonna heal it all anyways, and then you've burned a resource, and and they haven't. But yeah, that's definitely a good idea. Anytime you can get them to make plays that are in your favor inadvertently, yeah. You know, you know, they get a turn, you get a turn, but what if you make it where you get a turn and you get a turn, you know, do it. (laughs) Okay, let's get into some misplays and mishaps. Because you already fucked up, man. You can't fuck up something that's already fucked up. Okay, this week's misplays and mishaps, I'm going to be talking about a situation that actually just happened. Uh, in our recent Limitless tournament that I was in, I actually just missed making top cut because of this misplay. So it's been weighing on my conscience, 
in your mm-hmm. conscience over the whole night. Let's think about it. Let's talk about it real quick. And, um, you know, you've been playing in these events, you haven't had school. And it sounds like we've both been very animated about these scenarios. So when you're describing what you did, I want you to tell them your reaction. Okay, so first I'm gonna, the the title of this is Overlooking Lesser Used Attacks. So this applies to a lot of situations, but specifically here, I'm gonna call this the fling fiasco. Okay. So my opponent and I, we're in our final, this is the 11th game of the late night series last night. Both of us have a record at this point of seven and three. The winner of this is guaranteed to make it to top cut and the loser is not going to make it because of IDs and ties and stuff. You're going to miss it by one point. Mm -hmm. So we're both down to one prize card remaining. I have an Ice Rider Calyrex in the active and a very damaged Inteleon Quick Shooter on the bench with 10 HP left out of its 150, so 140 damage on it. I'm looking at my opponent's list, and I had already cleared all of his Quick Shooters from the game. So he's not damage dropping anything. All of his boss's orders are spent. I had made sure to actually have him work for me at times and purposely make him use his boss's orders so that I could get him into a stalled position. So the boss's orders are gone. He's not going to quick shoot me. And he just G-Max rapid flow to get that up to 140. So now he has no energy on board. He literally has no way to accelerate to another G-Max Rapid Flow, and now I'm about to hit his Urshifu first with my Calyrex, which I do, and I still have the energy to attack I had four energy on my Calyrex. I still have the energy to attack him again next turn. Well, actually, one of those energies in my hand. I have three on the Calyrex, one in hand. So, like, I'm going to get to attack him again to get this knockout. It's going to happen. He has no way to, to get anything set up. So I'm like, this is a guaranteed win. I'm going to two-shot this Urshifu in the following turn. His hand currently has four cards in it. Nothing significant played the last turn either. He didn't play a supporter. It looks like he's just stalled, like his hand has bricked, because he's got no Sobbles left. Mm-hmm. He has no way to search for anything. He has just four cards in hand and a Pissimian, a lone Pissimian sitting on his bench. He does have a Tower of Waters in play, so he could switch into the Passimian, but I'm like, I got the Calyrex. Like, I one-shot it anyways. Mm -hmm. In his deck, there's the possibility of a total of two Rapid Strike energy left. Maybe one could be prized. He has four cards in hand, about like 10 or 12 or so in his deck. Actually, no, 14 cards, I think it was exactly, in his deck. So I was like, okay, maybe he has it, maybe he doesn't. But I overlooked something overlooked a small attack on Passimian. Yeah. Seems completely pointless in most situations. It's an attack called Fling that says that the Passimian for one fighting energy can do 20 damage to one of your opponent's benched Pokemon. That seems insignificant, but in this scenario. In this scenario where I had gone through every single thing on his list and said he has no way to win this. I'm not going to Marnie him right now because I have the guaranteed water energy in my hand for Mm -hmm. next turn. He can't win. I overlooked that fling was a winning condition. And if he had the rapid strike energy in hand, all he needed to do was attach, retreat, fling. Right. I had a Marnie in hand. I could have shuffled his hand. He would have ended up with the same amount of cards. 
But what happened is he ended up having the fling in his hand. Mm -hmm. So the fling would have been on the bottom had I played the Marnie in that instance. Now, I wouldn't have had a guaranteed of my water energy, Mm -hmm. but there was still a high likelihood of it. I still had like a capacious bucket. I still had a sobble that was free that could have evolved into a drizzle. Like there was lots of things that could have happened to guarantee my water. But I went with the safe choice of I have the guaranteed knockout. I was sure of myself that he didn't have a way to attack next turn. Not for a significant number. The most he was going to hit me was for just another chip on my Calyrex, but missed the knockout. So I didn't play the Marnie, and that motherfucker had the Rapid (laughs) Strike energy. And he flings for 20 damage, takes out the Inteleon, wins it, and goes on to top cut. And I instantly went, fuck, 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 (laughs) and started screaming at the monitor like... <sighs> Did your wife appreciate that? Yeah, she was in the other room, I think, listening to Christmas music or something. So she's just used to it at this point. Killed the vibe. Me freaking out. <laughs> me freaking out at the monitor. But, oh, and so, man, I was so sure of myself. I, I'm a little. I guess I was a little, a little bit more privy to fling because I've been trying like a uh, playing around with rapid strike. You played with the deck. I've yeah. actually never played rapid strike or shifu ever. It's it's a good attacker, and the reason why you can't quite write it off and is because it, its ability allows it to do ten more or thirty more damage to a V, right? Yeah, the ability. You so put you're a telescope, up to fifty, right. which is a pretty good pickup, and you then you said it, with scope, you, right? You could be, yeah, you could put a, a, a scope on there, and you could be putting an eighty onto a V or V max. It's mm-hmm. not the best strategy, but if you're in a pinch, it's definitely the way to put added pressure. Uh, but with that being said. Um, that sucks, man. I think you did. There was no way you did write it off as a possibility, thinking you had it for sure, and that was your misplay. But not, you know, not Marning. There was no way of knowing what he had in hand and right, didn't. True. I mean, but I'm always now going to wonder. See, if we were playing in person, right? Yeah. We would after the game be like, Yeah, you. What would your top four cards have been if right. I had Marnie? You, you know, can't you do can that. you can have that conversation with your opponent and say that. like, you can look at it and then just see, oh well, d- would I have lost no matter what? Yeah, you know, which is a nice feeling. If you're gonna lose no matter what, you can leave the table and you say, can verify it. They're like, you yeah, can I say, lost. well, I lost. Yeah. If you can't verify it, that just weighs on you, and you sit there going. If I had Marnied, would he have missed it? He had no Sobbles. He would have had to top deck this. Mm-hmm. Or like, he had very little supporters even left. There was like no draw left in the deck. Yeah. It was just like, he just had to randomly hit this card. That's funny. <laughs> so I'm just going to sit there thinking about it. That's the kind of shit I pull on you when I'm playing. I'm like, I've got the win. And you're like, dude, you can't win. And I'm like, I've got the win. <laughs> but... That sucks. I, can I can I tell a story about how I've been blatantly blurting out shit uh, okay. playing online as well? Uh, so this morning before I came over, I was emptying the black tank to my RV. So my neighbor, um, you know, he comes over and is just kind of having a conversation with me. And he's like, hey, Austin, what do you do for internet? And I'm like, I don't do anything special. I use the shitty internet here at the RV park. And he's like... Oh, that's weird. I could have swore you had better internet, like satellite internet, or you're paying. Yeah. And I was like, no, uh, why do you ask? <laughs> and he was like, I heard you yelling profanities last night. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> he was like, 
sounded like you were playing Call of Duty, which, you know, you would need a good bandwidth. And I was like, no, I wasn't playing Call of Duty. I was, I was playing Pokemon cards. <laughs> and he started laughing. And he's like, I didn't know it got that heated. And I was like, and I was like, well, what did you hear me? And he was like, oh, I heard a lot of things. You say a lot of things. But my favorite was, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you goddamn net decker. <laughs> <laughs> right. There's nothing that brings out profanity like playing Pokemon cards online. Right. You just feel so helpless because, like, the draw engine's so fucking crazy. Yeah. And, like, you're just... You're at the whim of what whatever's happening. I feel like in person, it doesn't feel that stressful mm-hmm. with real cards. Yeah. But, but with man, because at least real cards, I get to shuffle. But yeah. like they're having no control over it. I don't know. It's, it was I frustrating. I get so frustrated. And then these limitless tournaments bring it out because they're so top to make it to the top. It's not like a regional where there's a thousand people and 250 of them go to day two. That's the top 25%. Yeah, this these is fucking, like these limitless tournaments where only the top 10% make it to the, yeah. you know make it on. It is so hard that you'll sit there and get, you know, seven wins, two losses mm-hmm. and you're like, I might not make it. You know, with this really good record, it's like you're you're winning like 75, 80% of your games and you might not make it. It's fucking unheard of. Yeah, so empty house, the worst of me comes out. Also, you know, you've been sipping on mead, and I've been sipping on whiskey while we play, so it's like... Yeah, that might be it, too. I was drinking wine last night while I was playing. Just a little loose, get angry, and you're like, so anyway, it was nice. I got to get off and play some Minecraft, so it really wasn't that bad, so I... I was like, whatever. Like, I've just been like, afterwards, I'm so frustrated. I just go for a run at yeah. like midnight. <laughs> just like running at like midnight. I just need to calm down and go exercise. Um, damn Pokemon got me so agitated. Well, that's a good uh, misplay right there, man. Okay. Let's get into some Would You Like to Battle. Okay, what type of trainer are we talking about this week? I love when these come up. I know. So it seems like you do it, and it's like, all right, I got to reciprocate. <laughs> and then we don't we don't touch it for a couple of weeks. So what I'm going to do is like, I'm going to talk as if I'm this person, and then we'll uh, we'll reveal this person's... Uh, what the identity is? Yes, at the end of it. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. As most people do, I wake up in the morning and check my investments, as well as my social media. You know, that's pretty normal. Though... While you're checking your stocks and your Bitcoin prices, nah, that's not for me. I'm checking the value of secret rare psychic energy cards on PTCGO Zone because <laughs> it's not about winning with Mu V Max. It's about winning with maximum rarity Mu V Max. Yeah, I have a three hundred dollar online deck. Doesn't matter to me though because you know I just won twenty five dollars in store credit in the Atlas uh, to Atlas <laughs> last night. Why Why is it so important? Because you'll be seeing me in Top Cut. It doesn't matter if there's 8, 37, or 300 people in an event. You'll be seeing me. Anyway, what's my profession, you ask? I am the PTCGO professional, so you can suck it with your regular jobs. It's okay to be jealous. <laughs> There's a lot of animosity in this one. You're just very angry about seeing the same names over and over again. What's... 
let's uh let's bring this back so we don't sound like total dicks right now um you know there are some people that do this they also do like content creation and mm-hmm. and stuff like that um but um some of these guys not all of them um you've had very good interactions with some of them that are on there all the time they're pretty cool but some of them are just straight out dicks and yeah this little blurbage was uh this was targeted towards them okay so what I'm talking about is you can hop on right now, whenever you're listening to this episode, whether it's now or five years from now, you can hop on there and you can just do the past probably 10, 12 events. And mm-hmm. there, there's a list uh, from anywhere from probably five to eight people that will be in every single event. Yeah. And it's like, how do they do it? Do they not have jobs? Right. Like you'll see events at, and they, they spent, at first I was like, well, maybe they work third shift. Maybe right. they work second, like some type of shift difference. And then I'll see that they entered in a tournament that started at 7 PM. They entered in another tournament that started at 12 PM. They entered in a tournament at 1 PM. I'm like, you've spanned all the eight hour shifts. Like how are you working? Right. And you could be in a different country. Uh, most of these, some of these people are, but right. then it's also like. But if you're in three different eight-hour blocks, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how it's happening. Yeah. And so... Passive income, I guess. It's those those uh, secret rare psychic energies finally paying off. Yeah, they're, fl- <laughs> they're flipping them, you know? It's all about the micro gains, man. You know, I got this. I got this secret rare psychic energy when it was uh, when it was no good. I got it right after Mew Mewtwo rotated out. <laughs> <laughs> I just bought out uh, TCG Player, <laughs> a thousand copies of it. Yeah, I knew Mew Max would be a thing. So no, but um, let's. You know, we we've talked about them in the past. Some of them are straight up dicks where they're they're very full of themselves. Um, if you win, they instantly try to justify it with how they've had a bad hand um, or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, but some of them are really cool, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Once you get kind of into the higher echelon of an event and you get to more of these more laid back, casual individuals that are really good players, you know, they usually kind of will talk a game with, you know, they're a little bit more communicate. They communicate yeah. a little bit better. And um, oh, I will say that we've talked about this in the past. If when your game ends, your only response to your opponent is talking about how bad your hand was and that's why you lost like that is in bad taste that is a dick move mm-hmm. if you talk about you marnied me into a shit hand yeah that's in good taste because you're telling your opponent you did a great action yes. that led to me having a shit but you do not message your opponent the second you lose and go i had nothing to play in my starting hand that's why i lost like, like you don't you don't do that. Well, you don't say my hands have been shitty throughout this whole game, unless you are acknowledging that your opponent made a good play that puts you in a detrimental position. You should no. not be bringing it up. There was one game um, where I played someone pretty reputable where they marted me three turns in a row, and so finally the third Marnie was something that I could actually play. Yeah, and so I was like, I just typed in the game chat and I'm like, finally a, a hand I can play with, and so then the following turn I marnied them. And they were like, finally, a, t- a hand I can play with, man. And I'm like, what the fuck? What? They yeah. responded that to yeah. you? Yeah. And so this was one of our uh, PCTGO professionals. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Someone that you had played all the time. Or not even played a whole lot, but I recognized their name on there. And so, Right. And some of these professionals, I mean, I've talked about ones in the past who purposely entered with like the wrong deck. Right. You know, things like that. And then once you call them out, they're like, oh, the hand was a bad starting hand for them. So they're like, oh, no, I'm using the wrong deck. My bad. Sorry, let's restart this game that you're clearly winning. Like, yeah. 
And these are the big, some of these are big names that you see all the time. And you're mm-hmm. like, well, how are you getting here all the time? Are you pulling this cheap shit? Like, all right. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much them in, in the gist. But um, I've got a saying that I remember when it came up when I was in high school. So for you, that would have been right around the time you got a letter in the mail from a doctor, um, your doctor, and he said it was time for your first uh, recommended colonoscopy. I've never had that letter. My doctors don't send me letters about colonoscopies. I was calling you fucking I, old. Oh. <laughs> you know, they, you usually get that around like 40, 45. Like, what are your doctors doing to you, Austin? Are you sure this is a real licensed doctor? Or no. Is this just some guy that invites you over for a backyard <laughs> colonoscopy? No, it's a, it's a common known thing. When you turn 40, 45, it's time to get your prostate examined. So I was just calling you fucking old when I was oh. in high school. But okay. anyway, anyway, I guess, you know. A little, little too too big of a setup there. I'll, 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 I'll take the loss there. But uh, the saying is bay before anything else. Have you ever heard of that? That's what that means? Yeah, they say I'm that's bay. Yeah. I've never heard anyone so, say yeah, that. So, yeah, that was big when I was in high school and when I was assuming you were 40. You're not even Wait, 40 what now. Does this, no, I'm not. I'm not even 30. Before anything what else. Does, so people what would does say, this expression have so to they do would with say, they would say, PTCGO is Bay. And they would say, it's before anything else because these guys are doing absolutely nothing but playing online. <laughs> so that's, that, that's where I was going with that. And hopefully our listeners got my Nick is, Nick is old joke. I mean, hey, if these guys are content creators and, you know, they're doing this as part of their job and they're able to make a full-time living off it, good for them. But uh, if you're if you're doing this full-time and you're living in someone's basement rent-free, just saying, you fit into this pro professional. Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I had something else I was going to say, but it's probably best unsaid. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's continue this conversation by learning about how to not be a dick. Oh. Welcome, everyone, to the Don't Be a Dick segment. We learn about all the ways to not piss off your opponent when playing Pokemon. So before you want to blame your loss on a bad hand or boss's orders, remember, don't you be a dick. Were you, that one was specifically, explicitly to the PTCGO professional. <laughs> I know, it was directly aimed at them. Perfect timing. So this kind of goes with some of those pro professionals. Um, this week's Don't Be a Dick, I'm talking about my encounter with a deck list cheater in the recent Limitless tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the game I was playing, I'm playing Ice Rider Calyrex versus Rapid Strike Urshifu Zacian. He has a combination of these two. And both of us at this point are doing very well. We're both a five. We both just started phase two, mm-hmm. and we went into phase two, five, one that's, with our records. That's kind of an interesting concept. So, I mean, that's yeah. cool. They were thinking outside the box. Right. Thinking outside the box, but after seeing how he you know, how he went about his game, I wonder how much cheating went on prior to this, because right. he did make phase two. So basically what happens, I had locked my opponent for a turn from attacking by pulling his Inteleon into the active spot. His air balloon was already gone from play. I knocked it out on the previous turn. 
He didn't play any scoop-up nets, according to his list, and retreating from that would force him to have to use his manual attachment and therefore would not be able to attack with his Zacian, who had two energy in play at the moment on the bench. So his Zacian stood, and then we know Calyrex, Ice Rider, is weak to metal. Zacian one-shots it. So this is a very tactical game where I have to be careful about what to knock out and what not to knock out. And when you do it. And when I do it, so that I'm only knocking out Zacians. So anyways, I have him in this stalled position. Looking at his list, there's no way for him to get out and attack on this turn because he doesn't play scoop up net. And I'm just going to pass my turn and wait for my second energy attachment and boss's orders for the following turn to end his Zacian before Mm -hmm. he can get set up and take this knockout. Well, lo and behold, this motherfucker pulls out a scoop up net Mm. to pick up his Inteleon move his Zacian to the active, attach an energy manually, and take a knockout on my three prize Calyrex. And you're I've probably already, like, you're probably like, I'm you, you went back the, to the deck list, make sure yeah, that you I didn't instantly fuck went up. back and was like, are my eyes like deceiving me? Like I went through this list because when I made that decision to pass turn, mm-hmm. I 100% knew that I was taking out the Zacian next turn because he had no way in his deck to attack me with Zacian. It wasn't a dumb move. Like, I was a calculated move. So when I see a scoop-up net come out, what I clearly went through and said, the only thing that will win this is a scoop-up net. Right. And then I see this guy play a scoop-up net. I'm instantly like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. So I just, I hit the request judge button right away, went through the his discard pile, took a picture immediately. Yeah. And I call in Zach Lesage comes in. He's the the judge. He's right, his tournament comes in. He's like, yo, what's up? I'm like, this dude just played a scoop up net. It's not in his list. Zach's like, send me the image. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to have to get it. I'm, I'm a fucking noob with Discord. So I'm like, how do I send you an image on Discord? What yeah. do I do? So he's trying to walk me through the steps. But Zach gives this guy a chance first. He says, hey, man, if you played a card by accident that wasn't in your list, just say it now. Before yeah. we have to go through this whole process. Mm-hmm. And we'll just mark this as a loss and not like a double game loss penalty or worse. We're, yeah, we're going to ban you. Yeah. So he gives him the chance. Mm-hmm. The dude won't respond to anything. I've called the judge in. He's not responding to any messages to him. No questions. He just mm-hmm. keeps playing the game. Mm-hmm. So then I eventually send the image, figured it out. Zach Lesage gets it. And he's like, yeah, you lost this game, dude. This is going to be a double game loss. Because mm-hmm. you clearly are cheating with this deck. And he never responds to Zach the whole time. He just continues trying to play the game yeah, and ignore that this had happened. And it makes you wonder, like, was this dude just changing up cards as he went mm-hmm. throughout or, this tournament? Been clicking the wrong deck. Yeah, it's like, well, is he clicking the wrong deck or has, or is he changing it? But if he had clicked the wrong deck, that would have been the chance to respond and say... Oops, I accidentally clicked the wrong deck. Yes, just take the win. Mm -hmm. You know? You don't ignore the situation and hope that I get proof and send the photo. Right. Maybe maybe he didn't have it pulled up, but if anyone is... Who doesn't? You should have have that pulled up. Um, You have an extra monitor. I usually, if I'm playing on my TV, I'll have my laptop with it or at least my phone. It took me to get this photo off my phone, sent to me online uploaded and then sent to zach took like eight minutes of our game yeah he had like eight minutes to respond before the photo finally reached Zach. and were you were you playing the game playing it as i'm trying to like send this on my phone like i'm still playing because i'm like well what if they deny it or something and say my proof isn't good enough you still gotta win the game or try to still gotta try to win it so 
I'm still trying to play it, but the dude never responds. And I'm like, okay, if it's an accident, you just say it's an accident. But I feel like the dude was just caught. Mm -hmm. Like there's people who might look at your list and say, you know what? I need this card added in. Yeah. I need this card and change up counts a little bit to, to make throw it more you consistent off. based off a of game. Yeah. Right. And you're going to have to, like, obviously, it's this was a big fuck up because there wasn't even a scoop up in the net. Yeah. But how many times could someone be putting an extra scoop up net when they only play one or swapping out, you know, something here and there that's not applicable for the match? Swapping out one copy of a stadium to yeah. increase the number of. Path to the peak for a Mew matchup and without you noticing it. So something I do in this regard um, that's kind of related to this is every time I, usually only when I lose, sometimes when I win, uh, whenever you can, you have the match details more often than not. And I think the rules specifically say that you have to at least show your opponent what your deck list was. So I always go back and reference the deck they played with the deck list that is presented onto there. So this yeah. is after this is the match summary, and you can look at their deck That's list. That's smart. So they do have to have the the deck list published then. To I do think that? so. Some of the it depends okay, on the tournament. I don't think I've ever seen one that's specified. I don't even know if mine is. I think public or not. Only the big ones. Match. I think only like late night does. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if they require it or if they recommend it. But if they do require or if they do show it, I'm going to definitely go back and cross reference it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to make sure there's no shady shit happening. There was one where I won the match and the guy had a you know a one card difference and all I did was request the judge and I told him and the judge was like, okay, it's not going to change the outcome and he just told the guy to swap the card for the next event yeah. and that he would be checking to make sure he used the correct deck list. Um, but that was pretty much... But even that, a one card difference is a difference in consistency. It is. You don't know what's going to happen with yeah. that engine. If I put in one more energy, all of a sudden... Fucking PTCGO is like you have energy for days now. Yeah. Sometimes it's like you take out one energy and now you never have anything. Yeah. So there's all different things. But no, I thought the dude was a dick because he had the opportunity to try to explain himself, to mm-hmm. to acknowledge his wrong and just accept that loss. What and, he, and I guess what did he do after the fact when he discovered he had lost the game? Did he ever say anything or was he just, just dropped? Just dropped. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no word. It was like, well, what the fuck, dude? Did you did you earn the five wins to get to that point? Yeah, you and and putting that, in other cards. And he was a good player. No, nothing about that. But like, the the rules stay. You don't get to just change up cards. Yeah, when you go to a regional, go you can't. Sit, you know, and they check your deck risk. Yeah, you, you randomly it there, and that's the beginning of the tournament. They'll you do random. The they'll do random check uh, deck checks to make sure that you are doing well. Um, but I guess what makes this definitely sure that he was cheating was like, sure, you could give him the benefit of the doubt and be like, he was playing the game and wasn't focused on Limitless. Maybe he only had one yeah. screen available to him. But after the fact, after the game had played out and he realized he had lost, he'd be like, oh, I didn't see this. My bad, you know, and owned yeah. up. But he was just like, probably like, yeah, I've been figured out. I'm just going to get the fuck out of here. Yeah, yeah. basically, yep. I will say this, uh, you know, we, you and I, we, we talk about content creators and stuff um, in our free time off the microphone but what's what i've noticed with zach lesage and his moderation is he's usually on point yeah uh, about it he doesn't fuck around he gets straight to the point and uh yeah definitely yeah, have to i, I do appreciate there. it he him runs host- a good event yeah him hosting these events playing in them while also you know being a good moderator and- well he doesn't play in the late doesn't he night not? Okay, he, he does in the late late in some before the late late, late night okay yeah but the, the late thinking. night's a little too big but yeah he does he runs a tight ship and you know you gotta applaud him there it's a lot of fun yeah um, puts on some kick-ass events that run smoothly and no questions asked. So, yep. Late night is definitely probably the premier event right now on there. I would say so. Right, it's the only one we're seeing crossing over three hundred 
right competitors consistently pretty much sunday open would be second just because it seems to be a lot more competitive um than late night but really i've seen i don't know my late nights when i'm seeing like it's smaller but sunday open you still see like it's just like that right amount i guess who can make it basically you know i mean i've seen like shemansky and some of those guys jumping into the late night series which i don't always see i get any of these it's schedules you know you're you're always going to have a lot of these top players, you know, in the past who've won regionals and stuff. You're always going to see them in these tournaments here and there. There's a lot of regionals, right? There's a lot of winners. And there's yeah. a lot of countries that are competing with a lot of winners. Mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that at least half of those top, like the top cut people, are probably people that have performed well in regionals in the yeah. past in some place here or there. Because mm-hmm. it's easy to hop on on a Monday night if you're available and play a couple rounds. Right. So... Oh, cool. Well, let's get on to some Rogue Radar to finish this off. All right, man, what you got for us? I got it. This is your turn to talk, man. I just you talk. found it. Yeah, it's my turn to talk, but you found it. Um, what's the name of this set on it? Brilliant Stars, right? Is what's coming up? I think so. Brilliant Stars. And you found this wild card. I'm not even going to pretend like I found it, but <laughs> we'll both talk about it. That's all. Okay. This is what this is. This is a conversation. And it looks like you found a pretty wild looking card. Um, <laughs> it's the card going? with the most text and the most options. Not, I, I would say not the most text because there's the a lot text. of, there's a lot of blank space in there, but yeah, okay. definitely the way it is presented. <laughs> most almost, options. Maybe. It looks like the text box is bigger than most. I think it, it might be. And the image might be smaller just to fit all this and to get their formatting. But it's, yeah. we're talking about Roseanne's backup. Yeah. And so the way it reads, <laughs> it says, choose one or more. And it gives you a long list of options. Of four things. Four things. Normally it's one, one or more. So it could be all four. You could do four things. Usually it's like one or both. I've never seen three. I've never it, seen three. And then we jump all the way to four. They're like, fuck it. Let's, just, let's just go big here. And so Roseanne's backup. This is a wild, wild looking card. And we're gonna see if it has any kind of a relevancy. Are we are we having some audio issues? No, I think I think I'm good. It's doing some weird headphone thing, but we're good. Yeah, you got excited. As long as it's coming into the computer, we're good. Yep. But um, anyway, one of the first options or the first option we got here is shuffle a Pokemon from your discard pile into your deck. Option number two. Let's read it to you and make it sound super redundant. <laughs> option number two: shuffle a Pokemon tool card from your discard pile into your deck. So a tool retrieval. Okay, that's, that's you know new. that's that's okay. cool. Um, Option number three, shuffle a stadium card from your discard pile into your deck. Which we also don't have right now. Right. right uh, so that's another new option. Mm-hmm. Maybe Smeargle with a Fusion Strike Trainer, but that's an attack. Yeah. Whatever. And then lastly, we're going to finish things off with shuffle an energy card from your discard pile into your deck. So you get to choose one or more, as many as you want of these options when you play the supporter. I'm going to go out on a, on a limb here. I don't think it's that good, uh, honestly. I yeah. think I think it gives us it is it gives us an option that we didn't have before, where we uh-huh. get some of these retrieval options. But to use your supporter for turn to do so, and just to put it back into your deck, doesn't feel that good. Yeah, I would think you you're gonna have to be running it with shady dealings to be able to then grab some of these items. So right. I could see this being useful 
in a later game situation where maybe you have your Inteleon that will let Shady Dealings Inteleon that lets you grab two items, yeah, you know, or two trainer cards, and you play something like this because you just need to get this stuff back in. Maybe you lost a Pokemon you need. Maybe you need that stadium because it could be like a path to the peak to lock them out of a situation. Yeah. Could be, you know, that you need another energy back in or you need a tool card like a Cape of Toughness real quickly. Or that you just don't have anything better to play but to get these things back. Like, I don't think this is going to be a breaking card by any matter, but I think it could be a one-of in some decks. I don't think any more than a would-of would yeah. be kind of... Um, and you know what actually might be kind of cool with it? And the only... It's like, if you're having to use a Shady Dealings to find this, I think you've kind of already defeated the purpose. Like you oh, mentioned... Yo, you don't want to find this card with Shady Dealings. No, you just kind of want to have like, it. You so, want to just have it, and then maybe you have a Shady Dealings to grab the stuff that you yeah, get back in. So I guess what kind of comes to mind to me, at least, is maybe use Eldegoss V to target it. Yeah. But then that's like just a lot of pieces. But Yeah, I wouldn't target to grab this card. I never, think this yeah, is just, very much a one of, which could be... Because there are turns where it's like... You don't need to draw any more cards, right? Yeah. And so I guess what, and this isn't a basic energy card, or at least not this, you know, what we are right. seeing here. And this is an energy, energy this card. This could be a special energy. Yes. And that's, to this. This, and that's how it should be used is to grab right. because it's very limited. Be because there's not a lot of things for that. There's nothing to grab special energy from your discard back. Right. Other That's pretty wild. Other than that, you know, like shuffle a Pokemon, you got ordinary rod, you got Clara. There's that you're mm. not gonna that's that's just kind of like an added bonus, I guess. Tool cards, we don't see that. Maybe cards, you know, decks that use a limited tool card will use it. Like Jolteon won't use this because they use a heavy elemental badge count. But maybe like in, in a single strike deck where they're using only but sometimes one. Sometimes they don't use a heavy. Sometimes they only play two elemental badges. And sometimes yeah. you tool scrap or both of them. Well, when and that I, could be the thing that stops their deck. My point here, though, is like, do you play this or do you just play a higher count of that tool card? So what I'm saying is like yeah. with single strike where you only use one copy of something, like the single strike Skull of Scorn. This uh -huh. would be a good recovery option where you where you would probably but then you know you don't have access to shady dealings so probably a bad example. Stadium, I don't really see why you need to get that back using a supporter because mm -hmm. you're just going to play four copies because of the, the stadium wars that we're seeing right now. You're just going to yeah. I think a lot of people don't play four copies though. As you look at three stadiums. three so copies you might have yeah. three. But I can tell you right now who's going to benefit from this is Mew. Yeah, Mew, definitely. They need uh, to get those special energy back in once you get rid of them because sometimes you lock them into having nothing left. Because all they can and use they is can the, also, the Smeargle, I think. No, the, no, no. Mew, Mew is using the... They use Training Court to try to get regular yeah. psychic energy back, but that's it. That doesn't help them with these special energies. Well, I'm so talking... There's a, there's, a, there's a Smeargle oh, yeah. that... I've just never get, seen anyone no, play it, Because they can't afford to use yeah, an attack to use on it, it as an attack. But Mew doesn't rely on a supporter for draw. And this would be and good with would Mew. Because allow Mew to get, you know... A stadium back too. Because Mew doesn't really need supporters late game. Yeah. Um, unless it's a boss. So that's good. And, it, and you know, allows Mew to thin their hand too. Also. Right. So by one card, I mean, that's not significant. Right. So but. if you're playing a deck that doesn't need to be drawing, mm -hmm. this is a pretty interesting card to just get some stuff back. Yeah. And if you're even a one of in a lot of situations where you don't need to play a draw, sometimes you don't want to play a Marnie because you don't want to give your opponent a new hand mm -hmm. or something like that. So maybe you just play something like this to get some stuff back into the deck. 
So it's just interesting. I do like the fact that it has four options. That, yeah, that's that pretty you wild. Do one or more <laughs> of those options all at the same time. Pretty cool retrieval. I've always been a fan of the ability to retrieve things late game after they're gone. That's why I'm such a fan of Palpad in lists because I like the ability to get rid of things and know that I still have the ability to grab them back late game when I actually need them. Yes, um, this would be wild in conjunction with Palpad. Say you Palpad to get your professor's backup back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or Roseanne's backup. It's Yeah, it's a really cool card. And, uh, we kind of talked about it off mic. We're kind of excited to see what the full art looks like because that's a lot of text. You know, right, to put, that's a lot of text on the full art. The card. full art, you know, they obviously the text has to be on the card, but they kind of, you know, minimize the text and give the, you know, the art of the card. So this one's just going <laughs> to be like... to you, this is going to be this card. This is like the card when kids pull it from a pack, they just throw it down and like, fuck this card. Oh, fuck they no. They're like, I don't know. This whole card covered in a paragraph or more of text and yeah. it's like like no way i'm not reading all this <laughs> so yeah that's it's a funny quirky card and like uh, just to sum it up it's gonna have you know uh, probably niche applications uh-huh. or n- niche applications um but niche is better than cards that you look at and you go this is just pointless shit you know yeah like niche, fucking dan niche finds a way to poke through and sometimes makes a deck brilliant like those niche cards are the spice that it's no one saw it coming and that's what allows something to win like right now clara clara is awesome clara being played with that new single prize dark deck mm-hmm. i did not see serious applications for clara right away but it's that choose one or both mm-hmm. taking two pokemon or whatever and two energy from your discard right to hand, and they just grab Moltres and two dark energy. That's fucking wild. Yeah, I, I use Clara in the energy orgy, but yeah. that's, like you said, in a, a niche. A, a yeah, niche app- application. So every now and then you find these cards that are very niche that you're like, who's going to use this? But they take something that wasn't possible and make it possible. Something else that comes to mind when we're talking about niche is or niche cards, I think I want to say Nessa. Nessa, yeah. um, which allows you to shuffle any combination of four water energy or water Pokemon. It's not or shuffle, shuffle, it goes back right, into, right, your, into hand. your hand. Into yeah. your hand, yes, I'm correct. Or my which is great for yeah. Frostmoth applications yeah. and stuff back in the day. It was a niche situation, but for anyone running Frostmoth, they're like, well, fucking awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. You know, you grab the Pokemon you want to accelerate the energy onto. Fuck, maybe you grab a Frostmoth. Yeah. You know, maybe you have a Snob, you grab the Frostmoth. It's just, it's it's a really cool, you know, unique card that has a very limited application but can be wild when it finds the right you know the right nesting home <laughs> so or nesting grounds but cool man i think uh i think we've got an episode here i think we do if you made it to the end of this episode we greatly appreciate you please take a second to give us a five-star review and follow us on your podcast platform Pokey Rogue wants to hear from you and build a community together. Reach out to us with your thoughts about Rogue decks, misplays, and how to avoid being a dick when playing Pokemon. Let's keep this conversation going. You can find us on Facebook at Pokey-Rogue-TCG or Gmail us directly at PokeyRogueTCG23 at gmail.com or at PokeyRogueTCG on Instagram and, of course... Join the Discord. The link will be in the description. I like how you said you can Gmail us. Yeah, Gmail us. Only Gmail. Email you us. can't email us. You have to... But um, You have to Gmail. I fucking forgot to talk about something, and I think we might make an announcement about it. We're coming up on our 25th episode. Yep, we're going to yep. do, do like a Q&A thing um, where 
basically we're going to have, we've already reached out to some people. We're going to reach out to more where we want to have them. We're going to do what we did with Glenn from Belgium, but the entire episode where the, either you ask us a question, you haze us, whatever you want to do. Um, we want to get you guys involved and kind of have a unique episode to kind of celebrate the land, a landmark episode. So yeah, let us know if you have, you want to be part of that. If you have some questions you want to ask us, will you think it too, we get some of the people on the air. Yeah, on the air, just like we did with Glenn. Get a bunch of different people, get a bunch of little interviews with people with questions for us. You can give a shit in your questions. You know, they could be serious questions. They could be funny questions. Whatever you got. Have um, fun with it. You know, as long as it's not like political or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. We'll keep keep that out of it. But, you know, if you want to ask about like Austin's first sexual encounter or something. (laughs) (laughs) I probably won't tell you about it. (laughs) But, um, you know, we can, we could talk about, you know, how Nick wipes his ass with napkins a couple years ago. (laughs) He still does. He liked it so much that he just continuously does it. Um, that's, that's why I have to, you know, be very careful about when I shit before I come over. Um, I'm not a fan of that sensation, but, um, (laughs) Hey, don't knock it till you try it, man. Nah, I just won't try it, man. <laughs> well, thanks everyone for listening. Follow us on the Discord. Let us know if you want to be part of it, if you got some shit or some questions for us. Yeah, we're going to announce it in the next couple episodes. So, you know, kind of a rush, kind of not. We got. Yeah, we just got to get it planned out. We right. got to know who we're talking to because it, it takes a little bit more time for us to schedule these, you know, mm-hmm. conferences so we can actually. You know, record these. Yeah, but I'm hoping to hear from Snorlaxian and the Sore Thumb Collector. Of course, I think Lynn from Belgium's going to get on it, but we still got other slots. We so. got a lot of other people on the Discord now. We have more, Glenn, than you said we had. Well, we have more. And someone asked us another question, Glenn. Yeah, we didn't answer that. We're fuckers. Maybe we'll do it on the next episode. But <laughs> fuck you, Glenn. And but of course, he's going to take credit and he's going to be like, you know what? You know what? As he told us in, in the episode, he was like, I'm going to be the reason why more people get in there. <laughs> but I will say, I think we're almost at that threshold where we're going to have more people in the discard than we do episodes, at least for a while. <laughs> hey, Glenn, did you see people came up with names for Pokey Rogue. Yeah, yeah. And I like some... Whoever came up with Rograts... It was uh, Matt Matt Skinner. Matt Skinner. I love Rograts, man. So I he, love it. He's in our Discord now. Um, <laughs> he So I, we need, we'll need we hit him there and tell him we love it. I think we're going to go with that one, though. I like Rograts. You I know, think we should. We just call them, hey, we're all part of the... You know, all Rograts. Yeah, because there's Rogue Citizens. It's a little long. No. Uh, and so, yeah. Rograts is a nice homage to the 90s Rograts, so I like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, very cool. Shit. So if you like it, let us know. If uh, you think that you got something better, let us know. Um, but it's looking like Rogue Racks. It's what you guys are going to be called, you dirty little Rogue Racks. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good week, everyone. See you guys.